Welcome back to today's episode. We're going to be talking about Grand Army, a new television show on Netflix. It's short for Grand Army High School, the public school to which most of the central characters of the show attend throughout all 10 episodes of this season. Uh, you watched the first episode. It's called Brooklyn 2020, the period in the setting. And uh, yeah. what did you think? I mean, I thought that the first 15 minutes were done pretty well, and it has a lot of characters, and I thought that we were able to get a good sense of each one, but after that, it kind of um, got a little bit more boring. I guess it kind of screeched to a halt. It's a screech to a halt. Yeah. Like, the whole entire episode, I thought was going to be about this explosion that happens about 10 minutes in, and then all the characters are kept inside this school in different places, and I was like, oh, this is pretty interesting, but afterwards, it just kind of didn't go anywhere, and then they attend this party that what, they were talking about. What explosion? Are you talking about, like, the bomb threat? Yeah, there was a, well, there, it wasn't a threat, an actual explosion happened where a bomber was um, in Brooklyn, I guess, and it exploded. Around the school? Or? Yeah, it was very, very close to the school. Did anybody, did you learn anything else about the Well, bomb? one of the things was that a uh, character named John Ellis, who was pretty popular, um, he was a student from the school, uh, they, we, they weren't sure if he was alive or not. Like, it Because he was, like, missing? Or? Yeah, he, he wasn't showing up, wasn't responding to anyone's calls. Um, and one of the best parts, probably after the first 15 minutes, was um, when they go to this party, John Ellis comes out of nowhere and is, like, really happy, and everybody cheers to see him back alive. So that was a funny scene. I thought. Okay, was it meant to be funny? They were. Making- yeah, I mean, and you were supposed to be like really happy that he was alive. Um, and uh, and then we get like a ton of different characters, and we get a good sense of them. Like I said, we have Joey, who kind of is the main uh, woman in this show. She's dating someone named Tim, and she's kind of like the voice of reason, but also they even call her like the bad girl at one point. And then we have um a girl named Grace, who like freaks out about everything. Um, like. For example, at the very the very first things we get is that Joey like helps Grace get a condom out of her, um, and a then, used like, condom. Yeah, used condom, and um, and then Grace like suddenly starts freaking out that she could be pregnant, and then suddenly when you hear the bomb go off, Grace is like, "Oh, we're all gonna die!" So she like freaks out about everything. So a lot of shock appeal right at the start. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is billed as a gritty teen drama. Is it gritty like this? Well, the, and that's the because. The first 15 minutes reminded me of The Wire, kind of. I haven't seen The Wire, but I felt like it was kind of that way, and it was saying up for that <laughs> a little bit. But then afterwards, it was like, no, this seems like it's kind of a normal team drama as of now. How real did it feel? Uh, I mean, it felt pretty real. Like when the when the initial okay, so bomb, a normal teen drama feels real. Well, when the when the bomb went off, I was like, oh, is it going to deal with something serious? And that was no, it was just a bomb that they saw throughout the window. Like that I thought, it might, I thought it might be like they might be doing a school shooting type of thing or something like that. And I was like, oh, I mean, a bomb. Is... Yeah, no, no, it was definitely intense. But like afterwards, like the thing that I think that I didn't like about the show is that because midway through the students are released for the day obviously after a traumatic event like that happens but then it's just kind of like we get a lot of them just trying to cope with everything Mm -hmm. um for example uh dominique who is another girl uh in the show has something happened to her where she was getting money and she was trying to raise money for her little brother and little sister i believe to take fencing classes which they really really wanted to take but then Jay and Owen, who we see as characters that I like, but did something pretty mean where they took her back. Th- a when prank, the, right? Yeah, a prank where it was thro- during the lockdown, they took her back, and then um, her wallet ended up dropping. Um, yeah. And then she went down there, and when she got her wallet back, it, all the $200 were missing, so she couldn't end up helping um, her brother and sister, which was sad. So how did they ended up getting in trouble for that prank, right? Yeah, they said that they were going to be written up. Um, who caught them? 
It was this person named Miss Weiler, I So it was like a teacher? Yeah, and she was supposed to kind of be like this evil teacher because uh, she goes to Joey and this is one part that I didn't really understand. She's like, Joey, why are you like, do you have any pants on? Because she was wearing shorts. And then she's like, no, I was in gym as the lockdown happened in front of like a ton of kids. And then she's like, so you're exposing your bare legs. And I was like, that seems... Well, it's, okay, so let me give a little background on the show because it feels like we're diving in a little too quick. Um, this is an expanded adaptation of Katie Capiello's uh, 2013 play mm-hmm. uh, called Slut the Play. Huh, so okay. it's the actual play was geared towards slut shaming and the idea of uh, a lot of feminist ideas because mm-hmm. there were things like rape that were involved. Yeah. In fact, some of the characters from the play are in this are in the show okay so it did feel like what you did did you feel like what you were watching could have been on a stage no no so they've adapted it to a point i know they brought in people from house of cards to sort of merge it and it's been a few years that this has been in the works um they had a ton of extras by the way like this thing had a yeah it's supposed to be a full high school and even at the party there was like a ton of high school people but go ahead yeah so you were talking about joey's character and she's the main character of the play it's not an ensemble for the play um you definitely have dom and uh what's her name layla who's also part of the play staff but they play side characters yeah layla was like a main character they have a reduced role yeah in the play but these experiences that you're seeing depicted, at least for the play, were written by 14 to 17 year olds uh, about their life experiences. Oh, so it's kind of like Skins in that way, where it was like ran by college people. Well, it was taken by Cap Yellow, and then she she used this group from the art, uh, sorry, the Arts Effect All Girl Theater Company, and I actually looked them up to see if they were still like doing mm-hmm. projects and stuff, and it looks like they just totally disappeared off the map after oh. this project. <laughs> okay. So I don't even know if that company is still working, but I think it was like some sort of uh, camp that they were doing um, for teenagers. But then the casting of the show, it brought in a bunch of newcomers, relative newcomers, right? Yeah, like I didn't recognize many people in this. So the main characters, because you have an ensemble cast, like we said, follows five characters, Mm -hmm. storylines. You have Joey Del Marco, um, who's played by Odessa Azion. You have Dom Pierre, who's played by um, Oddly Jean. You have Sid Pakam, who's played by Amir Bajaria. Uh, you have Jason Jackson, who's played by Malik Johnson. Um, and then you have Layla Kwan, uh, Kwan Zimmer, who's played by Amelia Yu. And she's reprising her role from actually the play, okay. because she was part of the play yeah. to begin with. Right. Uh, what did you think of her character in particular? Well, Layla is a freshman, and she was adopted, but she basically is being bullied by um, other Chinese people. Okay, I guess they tried to make her role sympathetic at parts. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so you felt like you... Yeah, I... Well, basically... you think she was a good person? Yeah, yeah. From the first episode? Yeah, from the first episode. Yeah, you're definitely supposed to feel sorry for her. Like, after the explosion happens, students are either in the stairwell or they're in this room, and she is the only one really in this hallway just kind of crying. And then Sid was able to find his way out because he's trying to get to his sister. And who is Sid? And Sid is um, part of the swim team, part of the Grand Army. So he's like a jock. Right, exactly. And the jocks have this thing going on um, where they, like came up with this, I guess, game or a list. It reminded me a lot of Big Mouth, where it was called, like, the Bomb Pussy app, which is just a lot of people uh, saying the names of students that they would sleep with. 
bump. <laughs> yeah, so in the end, when it comes down to it all, he ends up coming across Layla and tries to basically coerce her to go into the room. And then she's like, okay. And then she finally does, but she starts to become, I guess, annoying to the other people because then she starts, like, sitting by Sid and she starts to, like, talk really loudly and, like, try to give a uh, audition for someone who's working with the play. Okay. So, so she's just not the yeah, best personality to be fitting yeah, in she, quite yet? Yeah, she was a little bit, like, socially... Uh, yeah, awkward. Awkward. yeah. Yeah, so her character has come across kind of differently to different critics. Mm -hmm. uh, some people have said that she's, again, sympathetic, like you said, but also steadfast, uh, steadfastly unlikable. Um, huh. You learn some things later on throughout the shows, and then they do some, I think, sequences in sort of her head that make it kind yeah, of... Yeah, I, I was going to bring that up. Okay, um, so, yeah. So... And in the end, Sid, in order to get his sister Mira off of the bomb pussy list, um, the jocks are like really mean to him, and they're like, "You have to name someone else, or else we're going to put her on there." And then he, and then he decides to put Layla's name on there, kind of against his will. But again, he doesn't want his sister on there. And then Layla reacts really good to it because the list gets released during the lockdown, and she's like really happy. And um, and then there's this random scene later on where it's a cartoon of her killing zombies because she was talking about watching The Walking Dead with her friend Rachel. Was uh, it like a tonal shift? Because I read it, it was, was a complete tonal shift. It did not work with the show. It was really awkward. It reminded me a lot of like maybe the Two and a Half Men series finale where they went like that random animation route. It also reminded me of like kind of reading about The Blacklist where in their season finale they didn't have time to finish because of COVID, so they decided to do like a cartoony type. A thing no this was sort of a set thing that they agreed to do from the get-go and they don't it, this isn't the only time they do it throughout the series but that's all i'll say her character is kind of um it's just uh, looked upon in different ways i'll just say that yeah without it, it was it too too negatively or positive i was fine with her story but it just there was parts like that that just didn't work on on a different note we have dom's character mm -hmm. and she was kind of met with universal praise people yeah. really liked where her story goes or what it's going towards and who who played her like how they did it right as, yeah she as an actress. The, the actress was good and she had again she had a sympathetic storyline especially when you see that she lost the 200 dollars, which was all just for her um family i did find it funny because this show does like to have a lot of cultural references in it for example one of the characters um talks about love and basketball um i already said the walking dead they talk about and then in dom's uh when we get a shot of her inside her house uh, speaking to her family they have a spongebob um episode which is one that I think I saw when I was little, and then uh, the brother, a different brother, switches it to Brawlhalla, which I found funny also, which the is game. a Steam game. Yeah, yeah the Steam so. game. Yeah, so I mean, they're keeping it accurate to right. what kids are playing today, which is interesting because there's been a little bit of flack raised because of the bomb that they started off with this episode. Not the fact that they started with a lockdown, because that can be a good way to introduce all your characters right. and show what their personalities are like, but in today's world kids are more likely to experience someone walking in with an ar-15 than a bomb threat and uh they did that in 13 reasons why yeah and but that uh, wasn't that wasn't about, like with good things either like people kind I of know, had a but with part that. of the reason that they think that it was a bomb that was used is that the production of this thing has been in uh, Capiello's like brain mm -hmm. ruminating for like 18 years wow that's a long so time. they were thinking maybe that it had something to do with 9-11 and the thing is, kids today are not going to be re going through school, are not going to be regurgitating that memory because they would be born 
post 9 11. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because even one of the characters is like speaking to his mom while they're on lockdown, and then uh, he's like, she has post 9 11 memories. So, exactly. Yeah. So, New York, in New York, that was a big deal, obviously, yeah, at the time, as it was everywhere else in the world. But for kids specifically going to school in the city or in Brooklyn, that must have been devastating, but it wouldn't be devastating for kids now. So it's they, yeah. they were they were just criticizing that part of it and saying, well, it could have been more adapted towards today's issues. There are an awful lot of social um, topics that they bring up throughout this thing, from sexual assault to sexual identity, sexism, slut shaming, cyberbullying, racial injustice, activism, mental health. It's got the whole list of them. And with an ensemble cast, you're really looking at something that is competing with the 13 Reasons Why type of model or Degrassi or Skins, yeah. <laughs> like you mentioned. But Skins is kind of almost from beforehand. Yeah. It seems like shows today, modern day adolescent shows, ones that are representing Generation Z kids, that they're kind of doomed to be represented as these dark, cynical like depiction of the times. Yeah. Versus it's either you get to have to watch that type of show or you have to watch a CW super romance version <laughs> yeah. or action hero type of show. You don't really get anywhere in the middle. Well, kind of, that's what I was talking about with the last, like, 30 minutes of this thing. It turned into one of those, like, CW romance shows just with a bigger budget. Like, for example, one of the things that happens to Joey is that she doesn't want to have dinner with uh, her father and, I believe, his girlfriend because she really doesn't like his girlfriend. So, in the end, like, she ends up running off with her boyfriend at the end of a subway and the subway, like, takes off and they jump at the very back of the car so i guess they can feel alive and then like that's where it ends and they're screaming and i was like this is definitely i've seen this done a million times before like, yeah and that might be the writing or it could be because joey or sorry not joey but odessa the person who plays joey uh actually said in an interview there's a lot of times in the show where i was holding myself back and you can kind of tell i felt a little embarrassed in real life and with some of the scenes, I should have and I could have made it more believable if I didn't do certain things and did do certain things. Mm -hmm. So this is new for basically all the cast. She's actually got uh, her mom is famous, uh, Pamela Adlon. She was in Californication and Better Things, like as a main character right. for those. Um, but her her depiction of herself, like she she now doesn't want to really do drama as much as she'd like to do comedy, oh, probably okay. because of how vulnerable a dramatic role like this is. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, none of the critics were trashing the actors. It was more just her going after herself there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, the again, the acting is fine. It's just the show really lost my interest. Uh, one scene that I will, like, kind of get praised to is that by the very end, we see that Grace, who has basically been obsessed this whole entire episode with meeting George because that's the person whose condom it was. Meeting George, you mean, like... Like, talking to him again? because okay. like, of Yeah, they know, clearly met of, already. Yeah, um basically she sees that he's with Layla and she gets mad at Layla so she gets a soda um, from the thing and pours it all over Layla and then Layla ends up knocking off this guy who was on top of a stairwell who was pretty drunk and then everyone was like really surprised like oh my god he's dead and then he ends up like waking up and coughing and everyone cheers and this so is at school no, this is at the party. Oh, at the on. party. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so everyone like starts cheering and it was pretty funny. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, so how bit much of the episode was at the party versus the school? I'd say that about the school was about like 25 to 30 minutes and the party was maybe the last 15 to 20. Yeah. Because you have shows like Elite and uh, what was it? Control Z that yeah. have like a ton of party scenes yeah. and <laughs> it doesn't seem like they're ever going to school. So I just wanted to see where that like fit in that yeah. thing. Um, so... 
with 13 Reasons Why, you get a lot of like sweeping statements about society and where we are right now, whether or not they're received very well, depends on the audience. But is is there anything like that in this or is it oversimplified to a point where it gets annoying ever? I mean, it just felt like it. Did it get preachy? I mean, not really. It just, it more just didn't go anywhere. And a lot of the characters felt like they were pretty stereotypical after a long Oh, while. really? Because they're not, from the way I was reading it, they're very, like, multi-faceted characters. Like, they spend a lot of time developing these characters. Yeah, like uh, like I said, you got a good sense of them. For example, like, Jay. Uh, but the, you're while, saying they're still cliche. They're, they're still cliche, yeah. Okay. Jay decides that he's going to slide down the staircase, and then he makes someone bet with him $25 that he will, and then he finally slides down the staircase and, again, gets caught by the um, Miss Wilder's person. So it's like, you know, you understand where that's coming from, but also... Does anyone get suspended in this episode? No. Oh, okay, all right. Well, that happens later on with some characters, and that's why I said that they... that Grand Army isn't the main place for everybody the entire time. Um, I'll read some of the reviews. You have a lot of them, a whole spectrum of them, calling this wrenchingly realistic. Um, And then you have other ones that are saying that it means well, but it's a little detached from our reality. So you get, like, both sides of it right there. (laughs) Um, Some of the ones that I like to read said things like, Grand Army portrays the complexity of adolescence with its losses and triumphs, in a way that's not often seen on TV. Do you agree or disagree? No, I mean, I've seen like You've like seen this it on TV. on TV. All right, so disagree with that. How about this one? Even with the good reviews, there tends to be a disclaimer that though the stories can be engaging and the characters, as I said, multidimensional, right. um, the message is a little bit patronizing with a sheen of after-school special that indicates some well-meant but lacking authenticity. And I they're mean, talking yeah. about the show in general. They're not just talking about this episode. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I didn't see that much of it, but I... I, I kind of heard that. that. Like, I, I could tell. I could tell. Like the after school special type thing. I could tell. Like that's kind of where they were going. Where with they it. were going to go with it. Yeah. Because yeah, later on in the series, there are there is sexual molestation <laughs> that happens to one of the characters that sort of fits in with the original play, um, and how they they deal with that for the remaining episodes is also a majority of what uh, we're okay. concentrating on. However, it's not to the heightened stance that Thirteen Reasons Why yeah. like to bring things to. Yeah. Um, as NPR put it, some viewers may be find catharsis in some of the stories that they're watching. Others may find it's a manifestation of fatiguing social media discourse rendered in dramatic form. Yeah, I agree with that in later part. Yeah. Yeah, it resonates with people differently. Mm-hmm. If you like this type of show, if you like 13 Reasons Why, if you, and even if you like things like um, Degrassi, this is just like an adult level of Degrassi. I right, think. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it also reminded me of those critiques, at least, of something like Dear White People, where a lot of people said, this is great for society, this is moving the conversation mm-hmm. forward, while other, people's were like, other people were like, well, we've seen a ton of shows like this in the past, and it's getting a little bit preachy for us. Um, so it really is up to the viewer and it can't be told to them whether or not they're going to like it. Right, exactly. And I'll say this also, it felt like sometimes they were just throwing stuff at the screen just to hope that it sticks. Like the bomb storyline, I said, I like, I like how like it was kind of introduced, but it didn't really serve a purpose by the end. Like sure, characters talk about it. Sure. You get some more information on it as such. It was done by a 23 year old American and uh, you learn that he might've even been going for a different target. Um, by some of the articles that the students were reading off their phone. But it didn't really, like, have anything to do, it felt like, with the actual story. That's that's fair. Uh, they have 
kind of hinted that it might not be who you're no. talking about, the suspect. Um, so there is a mystery element to the show that you may not have seen in the first episode. I need to bring up a controversy that happened before the show was even released by these tweets from Ming Pfeiffer, who was a writer on the show, along with two other writers. She came out saying that they had quit the show because they felt that Dominique's storyline was becoming poverty porn and that no one was wanting to listen to their uh, actual writing. And they were all of minority uh, descent who were working on the show. And they also said that um, Capiello had apparently been threatened by one of their haircuts or something and like had called HR on it. Huh. So there, there is a little bit of controversy as to whether or not this show was kind of cashing in on the minority element because uh, Capiello, though she created the original play, she didn't write all those characters. And if characters who are meant to be a minority are speaking words written from someone who isn't a minority yeah then that has been touched upon as something that is extremely racy, touchy yeah yeah and and it can be come across as racist and that's what they were sort of pushing um and saying hey this is meant to be uh more representative than it is how was she threatened like you not her that the one of the writers had come in with a haircut that was uh, oh you, you're asking how capiello was threatened yeah i don't know she hasn't responded to it there hasn't been that much of a response besides the fact that this person said that they were willing to be interviewed. Huh, okay. That's yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. And among the backlash, I think that's part of the reason there have been so many reviews about this show. I was, again, surprised by the amount of articles that have come out in the last week before the show was even released, giving their diagnosis. A lot of them, as I said, have been positives, like giving it four out of five stars, while other ones are more medium-like so, reviews. So but, but when you look for people, like users and such, for, like, just regular people's right. reviews online. Right. There are like none at all. And I know the show just came out, but usually there's something on Reddit where there's like a whole uh, page talking about the show. Right, yeah. And there was there was virtually nothing that huh, I could that's... find. So it's it's interesting. I don't know if Netflix's numbers are going to be affected uh, or if it actually just is dependent I'm... on the ratio of people who are re watching right now versus in the next day or so. Yeah, I know just like based off of other shows, I felt like this would be, you know, somewhat popular because teenage shows are usually pretty popular on Netflix. Yeah, I guess. It, people have also compared this one to Euphoria a lot. Oh, um, okay. But Euphoria isn't an ensemble, I don't think. I think that's mostly Zendaya, right? Yeah. Um, and But the way that they've done it in that show is that there's been so many artsy like forms. Even though it's depressing, it's also very like deliberate as far as what lights and stuff you're seeing. And, right. the way and it's also on HBO, right? Yeah, but I mean, the budget, I don't know which one has more. HBO and Netflix are very, like, yeah, they throw a lot of money at both. So mm -hmm. that, I don't think that matters. Um, the exterior shots for this were obviously New York because that's where it takes place. Right, but yeah. the actual shooting was in Toronto, oh, uh, like most shows. Um, and they think that the production staff did a good job showing it. I only read one review that talked about how the trash cans actually looked dirty, and so they felt like it, it went too gritty with it. I don't know. That, yeah, that's that's a weird thing to kind of point out. To I, focus I, on, yeah. I thought that this was a shot in New York because it definitely looked like it from... Because uh, you get a specific storyline with Jay and Owen where they ditch school and then they go out and basically eat, and this is before the explosion happened, and it definitely looked... Like, they had a lot of those tunnel sidewalks, you know, the sidewalks kind of covered with, like, an overhead 
red and yeah. then looked that very New York y. So it was funny. I listened to some of the cast talk about their favorite TV shows, and they mentioned a lot of them that are very progressive and emphasize the marginalized communities. Like we're talking Master of None, I May Destroy You, P Valley, Lovecraft Country, Pose, like all ones in that right, same yeah. sort of like genre. And then you have Malik's, uh, the Malik Johnson, who plays Jason Jackson, yeah. and he's like, I like Ozark and The Blacklist and any Marvel <laughs> show. And I was like, that's that's probably more truthful to people that, yeah. that age. They're not all going to be jumping upon every single show mm-hmm. that talks about these things. Because that would be almost super depressing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then also, uh, did I mention that one of them actually was on Degrassi before this, Amir Bajiria? Who uh, the guy who was going to Harvard or thinking the Sid oh, character? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He played a gamer nerd um, <laughs> in Degrassi, and now he's playing, I think, a jock in this. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's just interesting how most of them have not done too much beforehand, but they do range in age from like 18 years old all the way to 24. So yeah, that, that's one thing. A lot of the characters in this show uh, look like they actually were like between you know the ages they're supposed to be playing like 14. Well, 24 so. is pretty like that's the age. Yeah, that I know. So I'm saying they make a bar to say a good job. Or, yeah, I think also, like, women, for some reason, from that age, don't look as yeah. old. Because I don't think the guys are the ones who are the older ones. I know that Joey is, I think, 24 years old. Oh, okay. Well. Um, yeah, so I think that that goes into most of what I researched. Anything else you want to say about the episode? Any no, I mean, interesting like, twists? I wish it was more intense, kind of like the first 15 minutes were. Yeah, it just kept that amping. Like, yeah, it made situation. me really want to see what was going to happen next. Yeah, I mean, no show can do that forever. Yeah, but I, I understand know. what you're saying. Yeah. Did you have a favorite character? Yeah, I mean, I like Jay, even though he was kind of like a dick. He was also He's a funny. saxophonist, right, in the show? Yeah, I mean, he hung out with Owen a lot. Yeah, so. but... But, like, yeah, no, they, they he, had a whole thing about music and, like, yeah. Yeah, he, he yeah. doesn't actually play the saxophone or didn't before. They just stuck him with a saxophone coach, and now he plays saxophone. <laughs> that's so, cool. yeah. I mean, that's one of the cool things about going into the acting industry is that they... If you get cast in a role where you have to do something, then you have the opportunity yeah. to freely learn it from probably the best professionals out there. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Freaking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's where we'll leave this one for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.